everyone. Welcome back to the Coastly Distinct Podcast. Your boy DJ Chaos. Glad you guys tuned back in for another week, another show. Hey, I just want to say to people that uh, hit me up last week about the financial information that uh, Zaquiz gave. That was that was beneficial because in this day and time, you know, we want we're concerned about our money and where our money is. So, Zaquiz, I appreciate it. Shouts out to that. Another person I want to give uh, much love to is. Ross Moore. Ross, you're, you're, you're a lifesaver. You Look, everybody, I have a new writer for the show. I can't tell you where he is. He's, he's the next best secret. So, BET, watch out. <laughs> Ross, I appreciate everything. Uh, to everybody that subscribed to the show, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Uh, continue to tell more people about it. We're going to continue to push this great content out and have uh, awesome guests on the show. Today, we have a great show today. Uh, we have a topic that a lot of individuals go through, right? And I say a lot of individuals because this is one of these topics that uh, it's not a race thing. You know, it goes beyond the barriers of uh, race, gender, social, class, because mostly, if not all, probably about 85% of people will experience this. So we're talking about parenting. And today, uh, I have a special guest, you know, she blessed us with her presence. She came all the way from her busy life to bless Coastly to stay. I'm here, I'm here. We I'm got, happy to be here. We got, we got my girl Lillian Alexandria. How you doing, Lillian? That's right. Lillian Alexander, I am here, and I'm just happy to be here. This is one of my favorite topics, but you want, you honestly have a favorite topics, finances, yes, people, culture, so let's talk about, let's talk about parenting. Yes, yes ma'am, first of all, let's, let's get to know you, Okay. right, oh, uh, first of all, where are you from? I am born, I was born in Houston, Okay. I'm from Charles, okay. to LSU, Okay. then I went to TSU for law school, Okay. and I have fallen in love with Houston, fallen in love in Houston, fallen in love with Houston. Okay. And so I'm a family law attorney for 12 years. I have literally devoted my life to family, mm -hmm. the ups and downs of it, and really the downs. And so uh, I also have a small business that really began a hobby, but it became something I loved. And I know you talk a lot about finances, but turning that hobby into a passion has truly lit up my life. So, right? so I'm collective and. And then I just really enjoy my friends and my family. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. Uh, and you say you went to LSU, so you know I I don't. Everybody knows you know I went to you know, Southern University. You know, no 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 diss to LSU, but much love. But you uh, created uh, another avenue by going to TSU, which you had the best of both worlds. I did, and honestly, when I think about even hopes, I know we'll talk about this hopes I have for my own children. I really think black children need both. Yeah, an HBCU experience, uh, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. But if you can get a PWI experience and an HBCU experience, okay. it's amazing. But it's nothing like my relationships. My relationships here in Houston, from TSU, are the reason why I don't feel like I, I literally feel at home. That's good. That's good. So, in terms of parenting, uh. How long, first of all, how long have you been a parent? Okay, that's the start. So, because this is the funny thing. People that talk about parenting, I don't care if you have a 30-year-old or a six-month-year-old. Mm -hmm. You don't have all the answers. So, I want to start with the best disclaimer ever that that everyone is figuring it out. So, I have been figuring it out yes. 
for two years with the, my oldest daughter's name is August, okay. and I have a seven-month-year-old named Lake Marie. Mm. I have two girls, and I have so I've been a parent for two years. Okay, two years. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Oh, you're brand new with the parent. It's brand new, and I but I think that the reason why it's interesting is if you grab a parent from a millennial parent, right. you grab a boomer parent, you get a gym, it's going to be different. So I think that you've got because life is different. Parenting a child in the seventies is different than parenting yes. a child in the two thousands. Absolutely. So I'm new, but I'm in the thick of the culture we live in. So And we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into the parenting styles and different times and everything. So I wanna ask my first question I wanna ask since you know you and your husband you know you guys have busy lifestyles yes. right so how did you guys come into the parenting side with your different backgrounds okay like how did you guys maneuver that so the first thing is when we met we knew we wanted god um god willing you know having children is not necessarily an easy thing when you're having a child or getting married after 30 right. two, like us but we were aligned on, we want to have a family. We want some, We want to see our DNA in another child. Mm -hmm. Even though we knew we had lives, brands, aspirations, not just a life. We had more than what we had. But I will say this. We, knew, we know that when we get home, how good it feels to have someone that just feels like home. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. Like just someone that knows you, that listens to you, that you don't have to fake for, that you don't have to put on. So we were aligned that we wanted children and the balance has been really saying sometimes we have help from our village. Sometimes we rely on each other. Sometimes we hire help. Yes. And the three of those things work together so that way we are not missing out on what we have wanted before, but staying connected to the fact that we know we want children. Right, right. So, I want to get into that. I want to talk about kids and their parents and the expectations of their kids. Because, okay. you know, you know that uh, parents, you know, we live, well, we had expectations when we were younger from our kids, from our parents. And uh, our parents wanted us to be more than what they were. Yes. Okay. Right. In terms of, I guess, uh, job or just a better person. That's right. So, how is how are the expectations met for the kids if if they don't meet the expectations that you want for them? So I'll tell you something as a as I'll call myself a very modern parent. Okay. And you said something that I liked. You mentioned that our parents wanted something that was better than what they had. I see that and I see it differently. There are a lot of parents that are in the ages of late 20s, 30s, and 40s. Yes. And their expectations of their kids are their mental health. They want their kids to feel almost at peace, okay. sometimes to a fault, right? Even though children have to go through things, mm -hmm. I noticed that so many parents truly want their children to not have any rejection, no suffering, because in their minds, I want more than what I have. I don't want you to have to grind too much. I don't want mm. you to be rejected too much because it's giving you better than what I have. Or there's this thought process of saying, well, I don't want to just tell my kids they have to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. Right. I want my children to be 
happier than I was. And I think that that's great, but it's the same drawback that our parents had. When you force expectations based upon your own, what you wish you had, yes. you deprive anyone of their own experience. So if you say, I want you to be an engineer because I should have been one, yeah. you're forcing. If you say to a child, I want you to be happy all the time because I wasn't happy as a child, it's not even making space because that's not realistic. Right. Children it's are not. not going to be happy all the time. So I think that for me, I have expectations, but they are more so a, a, a wall. I'm not going into it, forcing my children into I have hopes okay. that their life aligns that looks like mine, but I'm not going into their lives, trying to turn their lives mm -hmm. into a box. Okay. I'm not. I got you. So let me ask you this. What does the discipline look like? Because, you know, as a, like, we're in the same age category. That's right. And... And I could say this, when I was coming up, you know, I, we used to get beat, okay. <laughs> right? Like literally beat and uh, for like this, for the discipline side of it. So what does discipline look like in terms of the parenting? I love that question. So I want to talk about it like this. There's two ways of parenting a child and two ways of disciplining a child. Okay. There's disciplining out of survival. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to that. And mm -hmm. there's disciplining out of intention. Disciplining out of a child, when you are a young black woman, if you go into a store and you touch something, your mother is not beating you because she wants to beat you. She's afraid that if I don't beat him, I'm getting, I'm, I look bad. Mm -hmm. If I don't beat him, he'll go to jail. If I don't beat him, something will happen to the world again. Or let's say in the morning when you're getting a child dressed for school and they don't want to put their shoes on. If you're almost late for work, you know the thoughts that go through your head when you're in survival mode? What if I lose this job? We won't have health insurance. The lights will get cut off. So you're almost panicking and spanking a child, not because of the, the action, but because you're in survival mode. You're literally, you're thinking, if I don't spank you, you'll do this again. And if you do this again, we'll be in a bad situation. Now, when I think of discipline, I think of intention. I'm a very intentional parent because in the morning, mornings, I'm my own boss. I'm not rushing. So I'm not afraid. So if I have to take another 30 seconds to be patient for my child to put their shoes on, it's okay. Now, let's say my child does something dysfunctional, like hits someone or me. Okay. I'm going to be intentional about that discipline and be very stern and make sure that the consequence fits the action right but that's intentional so that way a child can function in the world but i make sure that i'm not doing it out of how does this make me look right. am i surviving and if i don't beat this child their life will be bad mm -hmm. i got you so what if what does because you mentioned this earlier and i'm talking about spoiling kids okay right because uh, I have some friends, family, you know, of course we get our kids things that we didn't have. Even if the kids didn't perform to the way we wanted them to, they still get, you know, material belongings. What does spoil look like? And do you think spoiling our kids is uh, the, the right thing to do? I, I personally do not think that, I think spoil is a hard word, but I do not think so. I personally think that people spoiled children sometimes out of their own guilt. 
Sometimes mm -hmm. people are too busy or they know that they are not measuring up. There's a lot of arguing, there's a lot of stress. They will compensate and overcompensate with items. Two, sometimes people spoil a child to show a child off, right? Let's say a parent is trying to make a, send a message to other people that look how well we're doing, look how much mm. I can spend, look how much disposable I have. You put that on a child. So the first one is not healthy. The second one is not healthy. So when I think about spoiling a child, I think you've got to really, before you give a child anything, think about why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. Am I doing it for myself? Am I doing it for others to see? Or am I doing it because I feel guilty about what this child thinks they want from me? And then move forward. Now, if that means that you're giving the child something great, that's okay, because I do believe children deserve things when they work hard, or I think just children deserve to have a great childhood. But I do think that spoiling can be checked if people listen to why they're doing it. Right, right. So, so, so now this next question is a question that I think a lot of people want to know, because today's time, a lot of cases of mental health is, is prevalent. Okay. Right. A lot of kids are committing suicide. Okay. Uh, and and the thing is, a lot of parents say they never seen signs of it. You know, the kid never had uh, bad grades. It was a people's person, always smiled, but they committed suicide. Uh, what are those discussions? Are, are those discussions taking place in the household when you're parenting? Do you do you see signs of uh, of uh, despair or, or desperation or? Depressed, even though they're younger, but I'm saying as they get older, how would that how would that look uh, in terms of parenting? So this is how I think mental health should be treated. Okay. You have got to listen to others, and when I say listen to others, they're adults who have mental health struggles that will tell you I don't show signs. Mm. I know how to fool the best of them. I am great at telling people what they want to hear and there's suffering inside. And children do the same thing. So I think what's very important is to know how to engage anyone and know that some things are a, a, a sickness. Mm -hmm. Some things people really do need professional help. And when I say professional help, that's not just a pastor. Right. That's not just a lady down the street. But lastly, I think with children is never getting too busy or never giving so many gifts to where you're not watching. And when I say watching, that's not just texting. Mm -hmm. That's not just saying, how are you? What happened? It's, it's the fourth and fifth question. And then it's also leaning into what they like. You know what I don't like about a lot of parents, and this goes back to all your questions, is they want their kids to like what they like so they can do what they want to do. Okay. If there's a child that really likes dinosaurs, okay. All right. I don't particularly love dinosaurs. When I had my daughter, I thought at this age, we might be doing unicorns. But you know what? I noticed that my daughter took an interest in dinosaurs, so it's not my place to turn her left. It's not my place to say that's mm. a boy thing. It's not my, you know what I've done? I'm going to get all the dinosaur books. I'm not going to call them 
nerdy. Okay. I'm not going to joke about them. I'm not going to call them a gender thing. Oh, that's a boy's thing. Mm. We're going to lean into it. So even if you're a teenager, if your teenager likes, what's a weird music? Techno music. It is not fair to say, well, where to drink at? That's lame. Right, that's right. not right. Right. If my child likes techno music, on Friday when we get a chance, we're making time for techno music. And I'm not just going to fake like I like it. I'm going to learn about it. But no, I want to go there because okay. the thing is, like you said, the hard, all right, so it's like a hard conversation, right? And your kid comes to you and tells you, Mom, I like techno. I like, I like house music and I want my hair painted a certain color with a certain brand of clothing. I don't want okay. to wear trench coats to school, whatever, you know. But the thing is, how would, because the thing is, how do parents handle that, especially brand new parents, when their kid makes a decision, a lifestyle change, and the parent never seen it, or they was raised in a, like, say, a, a real religious background, and they structure it a certain way, but their kid is nowhere near like that. So when your child likes something that we'll say is off the beaten path, the first thing I think is fair to okay. find out is where is it coming from? Okay. Okay. So let's use the dinosaur example. My my daughter has a friend that lives down the street and it's a boy and he is three and he loves dinosaurs. So I do know where it came from. Okay. So I think it is okay for a parent to say, now, before we dive into this, where did the influence come from? Nothing comes out of nowhere. So let's use the techno. Let's say my child loves techno, but I love Drake. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to the bottom of, well, where did the techno come from? Is it coming from a healthy place? Is it coming from a fair influence? Because if it's not, so let's pretend something is not. Let's say a child is being manipulated okay. or pressured or out so far out of something. I will take some time to say, well, why? Who? When? Okay. What? So you basically say you're patient. You're patient and you're, and you're aware. Or you're trying to become aware of what's going on. I'm not blindly following a child into the wilderness. So let's start with that. I'm not going to blindly follow a child. I'm still the parent. So I'll put it like this. I'm still driving the car. Okay. Now, you may be telling me where you want to go, but I'm driving the car. Gotcha. Okay? And so once I get to the bottom, that this is actually very encouraging. You like techno. You like dinosaurs. And you... You know the difference between a Stegosaurus and a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and you know how many horns a Triceratops has, and I see that it's bringing something out. No, I'm really learning. Right, right. <laughs> then I'm going to lean into that and say, wait a minute, this is actually giving you confidence, because okay. that's what I think. I will tell you this, to answer your question, I want a confident child. Okay. A confident child. Confidence, okay. Because if a child is confident, then they will be less likely to follow. Okay. They will be a strong leader. They will know how to save long-term things that you want. And I don't care who they, what path, I want a confident child. So mm -hmm. once I figure out that a child likes something because it's really their, their genuine from a healthy place, right. I'm all in. So let me ask you this in terms of that. So confidence so sometimes in confidence you know kids get an identity and they're kind of you know strong will okay right and a lot of parents don't want to get out get out you know get out of their kids way they want to make their kids happy so do you think that in parenting you think becoming friends with your kids is 
efficient or do you think you still have to kind of put them in the right on the right direction no i'm not friends with my child okay Okay. So to give you an example, my friend, if my friend tells me they want to do something, that's not my path to dig and twat. You're going to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. My child is not my friend. Remember, I'm driving the car. I'm keeping you so. I, I became a parent with wisdom and I became a parent with discernment. But I'll tell you something that I strongly believe in. I want to make it clear. Mm -hmm. It's important to have discernment. Okay. It's important to have discernment and it's important to listen. You don't have to be soft or someone's friend to have good discernment. You've got to listen, you've got to weigh the facts, and you've got to be exposed to enough concepts in life to not be closed-minded, but to think clear enough. And I believe that's what's important as a professional, mm -hmm. as an attorney, as a parent, yeah. as a judge, as anything, right. it's important to be able to listen with enough perspectives to be sensitive, but firm. That's important to me. And that's what I do know I'm good at as a parent. So let me ask you this, in all those titles that you named, okay. right, time is very, very important. Time is one of those things that we can't get better. So right. how does a person, how does a person of your caliber, right, that's a parent, still manage time to parent? That's a great idea. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. So a few things that I've done is when my children wake up early, mm -hmm. I really use that time. I know that sounds crazy, but when a child wakes up and I have babies right now, but let's say a child wakes up at 530 in the morning from 530 to, in my case, 730, that two hours I make extremely fun. We are dancing. We are listening to Whitney Houston. We are listening to Prince. We are talking about what day of the week it is. No, I, I'm serious. We are we are doing a quick coloring. Okay. I'm going to make sure I find times early in the morning. Now, every week, I don't have to be someplace every night of the week. So on the weeks that I don't have to be someplace at mm -hmm. night, it's Houston. We get outside. Right. I like to be outside with my children. And then fourth, we third, I have a village of other parents, which makes it fun. So we will get together. So either on a Saturday or a Sunday, even if it's for two hours and we get together in the European way, we'll have a little wine, we'll have good food, and we will let the children <laughs> just really be children. Right. There's no cameras, there's no talk about work. It's truly lifting people up as parents and letting the children see you not be in rush mode. Right. So those are the three ways that I really manage being a parent. So let me ask you this, because uh, this is something that I think uh, none of us really kind of, we kind of, we do it in an indirect way, but the uncomfortable conversation. Okay. How do we approach our kids with the uncomfortable conversation? And when I say uncomfortable conversation, I'm talking about sexuality. Okay. Right. It used to be birds and the bees. Right. When, you, you know, you, your mom talks to the boys about the condom and, you know, this is this and this and that. But how does a parent in 2023, how do they have that uncomfortable conversation with their kid? So the first point is when a parent is talking to their child about gender identity, they need to know what that looks like. And when I say what that looks like, they should have been well-read. Okay. They should have listened to podcasts. They should have been somewhere. You can't tell me 
that if you've only talked to five people, you've never met a gay person, you've never met a trans person, you've never listened to anyone in the LGBTQI community, mm -hmm. that you're ready to have that conversation. That's the first thing. If you've only met heterosexual people, you're not ready to have the conversation. That's the first thing, okay. is you need to prepare. And once you prepare, believe it or not, it's not that uncomfortable. Number two, you need to also have the conversation listening. And when I say listening, you want to know what do they know, what do they understand, and then you know, are they ready? And then three, you can go into a conversation with children mm -hmm. about what you believe, but you also cannot be naive to know that people do have two mothers. That's big right there. People yes. do have two yeah. fathers. Yeah, yeah. People do, because when you're naive, the world will teach them. Mm -hmm. People do have gender fluid lifestyles. And it's okay to talk to a child about what they're going to see without judgment and without grooming. Does that make any sense? Right, right. You, can, you can talk to children about what the world looks like. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's no need to shelter them, and it's no need to sway them. Because they're going to find out anyway. They're going to find out right. anyway. Yeah. Two, I'll, I make this very clear. My husband and I, believe it or not, before we had children, we talked about a lot of things and how we were going to deal with it. We yeah. talked about how we were going to talk about if a child was in the LGBTQIA field, uh, community to know if we were aligned. We talked about how we were going to discuss Santa Claus. Okay. We discussed how we would talk about the short skirts. We talked about if we had a boy and uh, marijuana. Okay. We talked about a lot of things. And although we did not have perfect answers because you never know, we at least knew that before we bring things up, we're going to talk together with mm -hmm. our, as parents or co-parents, then we're going to have a plan and then we're going to be aligned with listening. Mm, that's good. And then we're going to talk. That's good. We always knew we would do that. That's good. I like that. Can I, can I be your, uh, your, your kids for a day? You could be our kid <laughs> for a day. I, I'll say this. I laugh, you know, that, you know, the soft life goes around in the podcast <laughs> right. culture. I say all the time that my girls live a soft life and it's not because it has anything to do with, dinners and fine dining i just believe that we treat our house fair okay and it's fair as in fair to be a child but comfortable to be yourself right got you got you. so let me ask you this lillian oh uh, what are some things that people don't know about you that you want them to know okay i will say this number one i have a great sense of discernment and when i say that I've made some great choices that benefit a lot of people. Two, I'm an amazing listener. And I think that that has allowed me to keep friendships that I have had for over 20 years. You know how you'll meet people and their friendships fluctuate. Yes, yes. Three, I am truly a great encourager and I like to. I like to give a pep talk. I, I will. I, I like to see people when they're going through something and then see when they come at light at the end of the tunnel. And then maybe something fun. I am a stickler for 
crime documentaries. I really do. I love, that is my genre. Actually, you know what fun fact is, the number one, like for the last five, six years, number one podcast are all crime podcasts. It makes perfect sense. It, you can't, I think people just have such curiosity yeah. for deranged or difficult situations. I'm not saying it's a positive thing, but I can see why. Right. So those are right. things that I do want people to know about me. And then lastly, I've been practicing law for 12 years. Okay. And what I have really loved about practicing family law is seeing people come out of a situation knowing that they went through the stages of grief and knowing that they went through feeling hopeless and now feeling hope. Because a lot of times people just want a career where they're catching people at their best. Mm -hmm. Everyone's celebrating. But to have a career where you get people where they're very anxious, they're guilty, they're embarrassed, or even feel like a failure, and to encourage them to a place of, you're going to be okay, mm -hmm. we're going to implement strategy, and we're going to implement common sense, mm -hmm. and you'll be okay, is by far one of the greatest pillars of my life. Gotcha, so in saying that, having a 12 year career as an attorney, are there any aspirations for anything? different or anything to shoot for? We will see. Be on the lookout. Okay. We will see. I'm strongly considering and really weighing the time with my family okay. for aspirations of how I can incorporate discernment, fairness, inclusivity, which is important as we discuss with children and yes. the being 37 years old and knowing what people are going through today. Right. So I'm I'm making some considerations, but right now I'm very happy with my family, learning from them and learning from just people in the community that are tuned in with the sensitivity that people are going through things, young parents are going through things, uh, empty nesters are going through things right. and people need grace. And everyone has an inner child. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting you talked about what we do for young children but everyone's inner child is crying out to be listened to. Yes. For some type of sensitivity, for a comfortable home life, to someone to, to talk to them with having an understanding. And so because of that, regardless of any aspirations, I will stay committed to doing what I do now. Okay, so how can people get in touch with you uh, from, if they need advice, words of encouragement, words of advice, or if they just need an attorney, how can they get in contact with you? www.lillianhenny, H-E-N-N-Y, alexander.com. And on Instagram, which has been a really great experience, is my Instagram name is She's So Overdressed. Okay. And those are the two ways. And then obviously email, which is lillian at hennylawfirm.com. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So guys, you have the information that you need. If you, I know parenting is a big thing. That's something that goes on every day. And that's something we can't get around. We have to do that. So, and this is just one parent. And, you know, everybody has different opinions. That's what I wanted Lillian's opinion on that. Because I know, you know, they have a kind of odd dynamic. You know, her and her husband are, you know, professional, super professional. I can't, I'm not going to say on camera what they are, what their professions are. But, uh, so parenting from that standpoint is uh, has a different point of view. So, uh, but guys, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, one more time, Lillian, can you give the people your information? How can they contact you? There you guys have it. Look, this is the Culturally Distinct. This is VJKO. I'm glad you guys tuned in. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend where we are. 
I love you guys. Peace.